Matthew 8, 2 and 3. There was a leper who came to Jesus and knelt before him, saying, Lord, if you choose, you can make me clean. He stretched out. He stretched out his hand and touched him, saying, I do choose, be made clean. Immediately, his leprosy was cleansed. As the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various kinds of diseases brought them to Jesus, and he laid his hands on each of them and cured them. People were bringing little children to Jesus in order that he might touch them. And the disciples spoke sternly to them. But when Jesus saw this, he was indignant and said to them, Let the little children come to me. Do not stop them, for it is to such as these that the kingdom of God belongs. Truly I tell you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will never enter it. And Jesus took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. Jesus said, Come. So Peter got out of the boat, started walking on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened, and beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand, caught him, saying, Ye of little faith, why did you doubt? John twenty twenty seven. Then Jesus said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but Then Jesus led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. My son Michael is 25 years old. Seems like he should be Catherine's age, but he's 25. And back when he got his first part-time position that paid him money, I decided it was time to have that mom talk with him, the mom talk about money. And so I sat him down and I went through all the standard admonitions. Save a good chunk of your paycheck for your future. Take a little bit of it and spend it on something fun that you enjoy doing. And then give 10% of your paycheck to the church. Share what you have with what God is doing in the world. But Michael's response to my mom talk surprised me. He said, wait a minute, wait a minute, what do you mean I have to give 10%? That's way too much money, and I'm not making very much. I don't think I want to do that. And I was a little taken back because Michael had been in church his whole life. We taught him about giving. And when he received his allowance as a child, he was expected to tithe on that allowance. On those times, I actually remembered to give it to him. He was expected to tithe. But somehow that lesson hadn't sunk in with Michael. Somehow he had missed what it meant to give of what you have. And I was at a loss. But then I had one of those perfect mom moments. The mom moments that don't happen for me very often. Good words, brilliant words came out of my mouth. It's just like they popped out. I don't know where they came from. But this is what I said. Michael, you have a choice ahead of you, a choice that will determine how you will live your life. You can choose to live with your fists closed, to hang on to your money. You can keep what's yours and spend it on yourself or just keep it for yourself. And you can do that. But you'll be living with your fists closed. Or you can choose to live with hands 
wide open. You can open your hands to give and to share what is yours, but it's your decision. You have to choose. You have to decide if you will live with hands wide open. And if you do that, Michael, you'll be deciding to share what you have, the resources, the money, all that you have, and you'll be joining yourself to the work that God is doing in our world. And then I said to him, Michael, it's really a beautiful thing to live with hands wide open. And it's beautiful because not only are your hands open to give, your hands will be open to receive. If you live with hands wide open, you can receive the love of God, the love of others. You can receive blessings and friendship and kindness if you live with your hands wide open. But the choice is yours. And the choice you make will determine how you live your life and the kind of person you're going to be. This morning's text was pulled from multiple verses, all of them that share some common images. So what did you hear? What did you see in these verses that the children read so beautifully for us? Well, all of these verses feature Jesus' hands. I am fascinated by the many references in the New Testament to Jesus' hands. I'm fascinated that Jesus so often offered his hands, stretched out his hands, reached out his hands. He used his hands to touch and to bless, to heal and to comfort. He used his hands to offer love and invitation and care. Jesus spent a lifetime with his hands open, sharing, giving to those around him. Jesus offered his hands to those who were broken. He provided healing for their broken bodies and their troubled minds. Jesus reached out his hand to Peter as Peter was swirling in the water, and Jesus' hands pulled him from danger. Jesus laid his hands on the children, and he blessed them. And by laying his hands on them, he validated their importance to God, and he welcomed them into God's kingdom. Time and time again, Jesus opened his hands to those around him so that they could receive blessing and hope, assurance and comfort. Jesus lived with his hands wide open, open to share, open to give. So as I looked at all of these different verses that feature Jesus' hands, I realized that his hands tell us his story. If you read those verses, you will begin to understand the story of Jesus. Open hands. But if you look at your hands, you'll also begin to know your story. If you take a look at your hands, you'll see the story of your life there. My hands... On my right hand, I have a small scar that is now fading. It's been there since I was four years old. The scar reminds me of the summer night. It was a Sunday evening, and I was outside of the church of our small West Texas congregation where my father was pastor. And on that evening, 
one of our beloved church members, Amy Reed, gave me a small glass jar because she wanted me to have something to put my treasured pebbles in. I've always been a collector of little pebbles and rocks, and she wanted something for me to have to hold my pebbles. But you know how the story ends. Glass and four-year-olds are not a good combination. And so my enthusiasm for my pebbles and my lack of coordination resulted in a broken glass and a bloody hand. And now, more than 50 years later, I can look at that scar. And when I do, I remember Amy Reed and her kindness and her generosity. And I remember the joy I had in receiving that glass jar to put my treasures in. The joy that lasted until the great breaking of glass. So what do you see when you look at your hands? What stories do your hands tell about your life? This morning I'd like for us to ponder a bit about this image of hands wide open and think about what it means for us to live with hands wide open. So first, what does it mean for us to live with hands open to receive? Well, hands open to receive sounds like such a beautiful idea. Accepting love from others and from God, being receptive to life and to hope, it sounds like a beautiful idea. But the reality is that in our world, there are often limited resources. They're closed doors. There are just a few opportunities. And so we find ourselves clutching tightly to the spaces and places that we see as ours. Living with closed hands is really the safe way to live. It's the more secure path. And it easily becomes our default mode, even for us as people of faith. After all, keeping what is ours, holding tightly to what we have, just makes sense. Because we don't know how life is going to play out. We don't know what's going to happen next year, or next month, or even tomorrow. So hanging on to what is ours seems like the smart thing to do. Seems like the wise road to take. And our other reality is that we live in a competitive society, and from childhood we're taught that winning Achieving, succeeding, those are the things that are valued. And so we are told that beating out others means that we are better. And so we play to win, and we clutch tightly our victories. We hold on to our position, and we value our place on the leader's board. But my friends, living with closed hands, holding tightly to what we have and what is ours, to our money, to our resources, to our energy, to our achievements, and to our hopes, it's a hard place to live. Because God keeps calling us to live with hands wide open. God calls us over and over again to open our hands to receive. And by unclenching our hands, we open ourselves to others. We open ourselves to God. We open ourselves to love. But sometimes, sometimes we even struggle to open ourselves to God. 
Sometimes we don't do that intentionally or consciously, but sometimes we close our hands to God. And perhaps it's because we don't think we're good enough to deserve God's love. Or perhaps there are times we close our hands because we don't feel like we really need God. We can do this ourselves. Sometimes we close our hands to God because people who say they love God have hurt us. And the pain that we carry causes us to close our hands and walk away from God. And yet God keeps calling, calling us to live with hands wide open, calling us to unclench our fist so that we can receive. Because God knows that if we live with our hands wide open, we will find ourselves more and more welcoming of God's love in our life. We will be more open to how God is working in us. We will be receptive to the things that God gives to us. So yes, my friends, God calls us to live with hands wide open to receive. But God also calls us to live with hands wide open to give. My grandmother lived a very long life. She was 100 years old when she passed away in July of 2016. And just the December before that, December 21st, 2015 to be exact, my family gathered to celebrate her birthday. We had cake and cards and balloons. And we celebrated because it isn't every day that your grandma has a 100th birthday. It wasn't a long party, and it wasn't a memorable one for my grandmother. By that point in her life, she didn't have much memory left. In her final decades on life, her memory faded a great deal. But she remembered hymns. And in the last month of her life, she sang one hymn, This World Is Not My Home. It's a song that she had learned when she was a child, and she sang it over and over again. Grandma remembered hymns, but she didn't remember us. And in the last few years, she didn't even remember my dad. So when my sisters and I would go to visit my grandma, she would always say that she was so happy to see her friends. And on those visits, I would sit by her, and I would take her hand in mine, and I would remember. I would remember for her. I'd look at her hands and I'd remember the family that she created with my grandpa, the four children that they raised together, the tiny baby boy who died shortly after his birth. And I would hold her hands and I would remember all those goody bags of treats that she packed for my sisters and me every Friday night when we went to visit her. And I would hold her hands and I would remember her stirring up world-class food. My grandma could make cornbread with crispy crust on it that was perfect. And she made these hot rolls that I missed desperately. So I would look at her hands and remember all the things she created for us. And I would look at her hands and remember all the hard work she had done all of her life there on the farm. She had planted and picked the vegetables. She gathered and washed the eggs. And she took care of her family. 
And I would look at her hands and remember. I would remember how she would throw her arms around us and pull us tight with her hands and squeeze us like she was never going to let us go every time she saw us so that we would remember that we were loved. My grandma had giving hands. She lived a life with hands wide open to give. Jesus had giving hands. All of his life, Jesus opened his hands to give, to heal, to bless, to share, to comfort. Jesus lived with hands wide open to give. And today the question for us is what does it mean for us to live with hands wide open to give? Well, I have this deep conviction about some of the things that means. One of the things I believe is that living with hands wide open generates a spirit of generosity in us. It creates in us people who are generous with everything that they have. When we open our hands, we find ourselves wanting to give our money, our resources, our time, our energy, our very lives to be a part of the work that God is doing in our world. And we will have this deep desire to share our lives, to share ourselves with the people of God in this place and in our community and around the world. We will want to give and to give generously because generosity will be our way of life. And I hope you hear what I am saying, that we will be generous not just with our money, but we will be generous with everything that is ours, with our time, our resources, with our words, with our hopes, with our dreams. Everything that is ours, we will want to share. Living with hands wide open, I believe, also generates in us a spirit of gratitude. As we learn to live with our hands wide open, we will be shaped into, formed into people who are grateful for what God has given to us. As we open our hands, we begin to realize that everything that passes through our hands, everything that comes to us, all that we have, all that we are, all that we give, all that we receive, all of that is a gift from God. All of it. And when our hands are wide open, we can know that truth. And we can live that truth. We can know that God is the giver of every good and perfect gift. We will live as if we believe that God is our creator, our redeemer, our sustainer, who has gifted us with life and with salvation and with relationship. And when we recognize the goodness and love of God, our best response, really our only response, will be that of gratitude, thanksgiving, sheer delight in sharing what we have. So, my friends, this morning, the choice is ours. We have to decide how we will live. Will we live with hands wide open 
open to sharing? Will we be generous in sharing all that we have, all that God has given to us? Will we be people of gratitude? Will we celebrate Thanksgiving every single day, all year long? Will we be quick to say thank you? Thank you to God and thank you to others. The choice is ours. The response is in our hands. Let's pray together. Loving God, we pause to remember that all that we have, all that we are, is a gift from you. Help us to open our hands to receive your love, to receive your blessing, to receive your kindness and grace. Help us to open our hands to give and to share all that you have shared with us. We pray these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.